podcast, TAF Talks. Why are we doing TAF Talks? Because we want you and everyone out there to learn about networking and building your career. And we want you to do it here in Kern County. We have wonderful organizations that have terrific jobs. And you may not know about all of them. And what we want to do with our TAF Talks is share with you and let you know because we have found that what you listen to today and what you take in today will definitely set you up in your life. It will be where you go and where you will be in five years. Hello and welcome to TAF Talks, a Taft College Career Technical Education Day. And we're very excited. We have some amazing people with us today and we'll introduce them in just a minute, but I have a couple of housekeeping and uh, really good information to share with you this morning. I am Sherry Hornbunk. I'm the Executive Director of Foundation and Institutional Advancement at Taft College. And I usually start these sessions, but it's, I call him a co-host, but he's really becoming more than a co-host, which is our friend Joshua Vasquez, all the way from New York City, who is our ASO president at Taft College. Joshua, give us a shout out, please. Hey, Sherry, and hey, everyone tuning in. Um, it's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here, and I'm ready to uh, get this Taft Talk going. He's got some amazing questions uh, for later in the day. And I, anyone that's on, please put your name in the chat room now, because we are giving away two $50 Amazon gift cards, and your name needs to be in the chat room so we can uh, use your name to draw from. So that's just a, a kind of a heads up. Please communicate with us. Now that we've gone into a purple zone in Kern County, it was difficult to get into a place today to um, conduct our, our, our Zoom podcast. I want to let you know that I'm coming to you live today from Colombo Construction. They are a Kern County um, educational and school builder. In fact, they are building our student center as we speak. Mejia is going to show you a few pictures. If you're not familiar with this wonderful new building that's going up at Taft College, I just let you know that our bookstore is going to be in here. We're going to have cafeteria services. There'll be a few meeting rooms. And we've come a long way. And I want to thank Colombo Construction for the beautiful work that they're doing and remind all the students that we're going to have a lovely new building for you to hang out in. Really, it's going to be kind of a hangout place, which we don't really have one of those. Oh. So, Mejia, thank you for sharing this, and thank you, Colombo Construction, for allowing us to be here today. The second point, uh, Joshua wanted me to mention this because, of course, Joshua speaks to a lot of our students on campus, and he understands maybe some of their struggles or challenges and different things that they're going through. The California Community College System received the largest gift ever in history, which was $100 million last month. It was from the Pritzker Foundation. Jay Pritchker is a member of the family and he has given us this gift. And the Pritchkers primarily are known because they own the Hilton Hotels. Jay Pritchker wanted really this money in California to go to the community colleges that maybe needed a little more funding to help people complete their degrees. Now, a lot of students don't complete their degrees for many, many reasons. It could be economical, it could be family, a lot of things. But these funds that we're going to receive are going to be given out in scholarships to students that are near completion, that want to complete, that might need a little more money just to maybe they don't have to work as many hours and they can put a little more time into school. 
we're going to come out with a stronger and a more precise definition of how we're going to do this. But I wanted Joshua and his friends to know that these scholarships will range between $300 and $2,500. And we will give them out beginning in January, probably January and February is when we will distribute these funds. So please, if you're not on Taft College Multiply, that is where we will advertise it and probably put a link to the application. Barbara Mario and Financial Aid will also be sending out a link with the application. So it is coming. We don't have the money quite yet, but what this translates to is an extra $150,000 a year for the next 20 years that we're going to give students to help in their perseverance to complete their degrees and either go to work or transfer to a university. That's what this money is for. And there'll be more to follow. So I don't want to take up any more time. Joshua, hopefully this helped a little bit. And I will definitely get more information out when we have it. And it will be soon. Again, put your name in the chat room because we want to give you a, a Amazon gift card. And I am going to start this Taft Talk. We are going to learn about Taft College career technical education today. And the person that's, that's going to start us out today is my friend and my right down the hallway friend, <laughs> Dr. Jessica Grimes. And Jessica is our Dean of Career Technical Education and Instruction. She's been a Dean for a little over two years. And before that, she was an English professor for 10 years, I think all at Taft College. I'm not sure, but I believe so. And she graduated with a PhD in literature and, and criticism from Indiana University at Pennsylvania. Jessica is going to give us an overview of CTE. And then after that, we're going to hear from Dr. Vicki Cumbro and learn about dental hygiene program. And then after that, we're going to hear from Dr. Michael Giles and learn more about our criminal justice administration system. If you have any questions, go ahead and post them in chat. I'll turn it over now to Jessica Grimes. Thank you, Sherry, for this wonderful opportunity to be able to um, provide an overview of our 14 CTE pathways at Taft College. I'm just going to start off with just an overview again of our career technical education programs. And then, of course, the spotlight today will be on our criminal justice administration and also on um, the dental hygiene program. So I always like to provide context because context is key in understanding, you know, where are we? Why CTE? That type of thing. Um, and I look to research to help ground that. According to the applied educational systems, um, between 2012 and 2022, there's going to be over 50 million job openings for CTE graduates. That's exciting news for someone like me, but that translates to over 15 million jobs or 30.9% um, in CTE. And what's really exciting about this information is that these jobs are going to be new, um, new in that they're gonna be innovative. We haven't even created the programs yet um, that will relate to that. So it's an exciting time for career technical education. Um, another good news is the fact that California is a leader for awarding the most CTE credentials. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we have 116 California community colleges uh, of which Taft College is a part of. And of course, we are doing our part to help prepare students for those uh, occupations. All right. Moving on to the next. So what about our CTE programs? Um, we can really kind of divide them up into four categories. 
We have three associate degree for transfer. Um, that's for students who are interested in going to a four-year after completing their associate's degree. We have 14 local degrees. So those are for students who, who do wanna get an associate's degree but aren't interested in transferring. And their certificate of achievement is usually a shorter program, less than two years if you're full-time, um, as is the local certificate. Um, we have six divisions at Taft College and our CTE programs are in four of them. So we are really uh, well spread out um, and we spend eight industry sectors. So very, very uh, diverse in terms of our offerings. Now, what this translates to is um, about 50% of our programs at um, Taft College are CTE and the other 50% of course are academic. 21% um, of course are associate's degree for transfer and all of our certificates, 100% of them are in the CTE fields. And hopefully I'm not going too fast. If I am, then you, know, you can always pause. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so some information about our students. This is coming from the launch board, which is sponsored by the California Community College uh, Chancellor's Office. Um, we're really proud about these statistics, and so I'm going to kind of brag about our students. 98% um, of our students have a positive course success rate. That means that they're passing their classes. Um, what's also interesting is that a lot of our students who are in CTE are working. So 96% of our students are uh, attending um, Taft College as part-time. Um, and 73% of our TCCTE students receive jobs in their field of study. And that's something to brag about because compared to the state percentage, we're doing better. As you can see, the state is at 69% and we're at 73%. Um, a few other quick stats, um, asking our students about the quality of our programs. Again, Taft College students, 70% indicated satisfaction. Again, that's higher than the state wide average. Um, many of our students also come to us um, with previous certificates and degrees. We, we like to think of um, our community colleges helping with upskilling and reskilling uh, students. So that helps me actually transition to what makes up our demographic. 27% um, of our students are actually 40 years or older. Um, that's our largest demographic. Um, 19% are within the age frame of 20 to 24. And then the third largest group is 70% between 25 and 29. I love to say that because as you know, community colleges accept the top 100%. We're all about um, helping students belong here and for um, finding them their pathway. The other exciting news is that um, most of our programs are well above the uh, Kern County living wage. So the Kern County living wage, which is calculated by Massachusetts Institutes of Technology or MIT, is $11.82 for an adult without children um, and $25.78 for an adult with a child. So um, we're kind of a little bit uh, higher than that at $17.58. Um, so most students starting out and then after they graduate, they get a bump in their earnings to $21.54. Okay, another way to look at this <laughs> is, to, um, is to kind of look at the different sectors. I talked about, um, I talked about the fact that we have uh, different industry sectors. 
uh, Taft College is a part of a consortium of 16 colleges in the Central Valley. And we have prioritized different sectors, including advanced manufacturing, agriculture, water, and environmental technology, you name it. And you can see we have transfer degrees, we have local degrees, we have certificates, and then we have what are called pathways, like our EMT program, our water distribution program. Um, so we have something for everyone, is what I like to, to say in terms of our CTE programs. And that's pretty much all I have in terms of an overview of, of what we offer at Taft College. And um, I'll turn it over to you, Sherry. Oh, that, that was wonderful. What I learned, and I've been at Taft College for over 10 years. This was great. I hope everybody else felt like they really learned an awful lot. It was a very good presentation. Thank you, Jessica. And we will move on. But before we do, I think Joshua has an announcement about some kind of gift card we're giving away. We are giving away a $50 Amazon gift card to our audience right now just to show our gratitude. We appreciate your viewership. And I just got the name. Sophia Gomez is the winner. So congratulations, Sophia. Thank you so much for joining us. And we appreciate all of you. Congratulations, Sophia. So glad that you uh, spend it wisely. Yes. <laughs> so at this point, thank you, Joshua. I would like to just ask Jessica, if you would please give a short intro to Dr. Vicki Cumbro. She's going to speak about dental hygiene now. I'm excited to introduce our Director of Dental Hygiene, Dr. Vicki Kimbrough, who's going to be talking about our outstanding dental hygiene program, state recognized for the rigor and for also the high placement of students in jobs. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, Dr. Vicki Kimbrough. What I'm going to do is give an overview of what it takes basically from high school in order to apply to dental hygiene. So once a student graduates high school, they're going to typically go to a community college, hopefully it's Taft College, because they're going to have to take uh, several prerequisite courses before they can even apply to dental hygiene. Um, most of our prerequisite courses um, are focused in sciences, and you would take courses such as human anatomy, nutrition, organic chemistry, which has to have a lab attached to it. There's general microbiology, human physiology. There's English, of course, math, psychology, um, a cultural diversity class, sociology, and speech. Those are some of the courses that are required to even apply to most of the dental hygiene programs in California, as well as Taft College. Once you successfully pass all your prerequisite courses, um, you're going to uh, be focused on making sure that you maintain a, a good GPA in the prerequisite courses. Um, Taft requires a 2.0 um, in your uh, prerequisite coursework, so you have to have a, a GPA of 2.0 in sciences, but overall we want you to have a 2.5 or higher in all of your college coursework. And the reason we ask that of our applicants is because once you get into dental hygiene school, um, the academic rigor is very stringent. We are accredited by the Commission on Dental Accreditation. 
there are specific standards that dental hygiene programs must meet. And so our academic integrity is very, very high. The courses are not designed to be very easy. They are challenging because remember when you graduate and become a licensed dental hygienist, you are actually entering the world of healthcare and you are providing oral health care to the individuals that you're working with, whether it's in an office, a community clinic, or even uh, if you're teaching and you're working in a clinic that um, has patients come to it. So you're now working with public members, you're working with patients, and those patients are yours, just like they are the dentist's patient. So um, you really have to pay attention to a lot of the information in the coursework so that you can care for that patient properly. All right, and, and, and very well. Once um, all your prerequisites are, are all done, then you apply to dental hygiene and um, go through the acceptance process. Once accepted, Taft College takes only 20 students per year. So we could get as many as 50 or 75 or 100 applications, but we are only going to take 20 students. And that's because we have a clinic here on campus and we have 16 chairs in our clinic and we are um, required to make sure that we don't exceed uh, the number of students that our clinic can handle. So we can only take um, a maximum of 20 students because we have 16 chairs. So um, then once you get into uh, the first semester of dental hygiene, you're taking courses like oral biology, radiology, which is learning how to take x-rays, whether it's digital or regular film x-rays. We focus on head and neck anatomy. Um, we have a course called dental health education, where our students learn how to provide education information to their patients on how to care for their teeth and their gums. Thank you, Mahaya. This is this is exactly what I'm going over, and um, and then we have introduction to clinic, as you can see there in the first semester. And the introduction to clinic course is very essential. It's the foundation of what students learn on how to interact with patients, how to educate patients, and how to use the instruments that are going to be needed in order to clean teeth and take care of the gum tissues around the teeth. And then as you can see, once you pass first semester, we go on the second semester and we have the course that teaches you how to give injections in order to get uh, an area of the mouth numb when you have to do extensive instrumentation procedures. We have general and oral pathology course, patient management and geriatrics, that's learning um, how to deal with patients who have specific health conditions like high blood pressure or um, heart disease, um, diabetes, things like that. We have uh, another clinic course where you start to work on patients and nutrition. And then we have the third semester courses. Um, you learn all of these things like pharmacology where you have to understand how medications work in the body because you are a healthcare provider. 
Um, you have to understand how dental materials work and how they last um, in the mouth and um, how to uh, work with your community and improving the oral health in the community that you may live in. And we just continue on from that, you know, so we have plenty of courses that are specifically focused on dental hygiene and they are designed to take you uh, through the content needed to go on to what we call a board exam. Once a student graduates um, the dental hygiene program, they are required to take a national written examination and they must pass it at 75% or better. Mm. They're also required to take a clinical board examination that must be passed at 75% or better. So we have a standard grading practice in our program that all of our dental hygiene courses also must be passed at 75% or better to continue in the program and graduate. Once the written and clinical board examinations are passed, then the graduate can apply for a license to practice dental hygiene in the state that they are living in. And that's another process through the state uh, licensing board. And once that's all done and you have a license, you get to go to work. <laughs> now you have choices for your career as well. You can go in, you can work in an office, a dental office. You can go into public health and work with community uh, members in your area. You can go into research and you can go into education, you know, so you have a lot of career pathways with regard to uh, being a dental hygienist. So I encourage everybody, if they're interested in something like dental hygiene, to start exploring, you know, as soon as you're um, in your last year of high school and what it's going to take for you to reach that academic goal and perhaps become a healthcare provider in your community as well. There you go. Vicki, that was great. What a great overview. Very thorough. I know that Joshua had prepared some questions, and I don't know if anybody, any came up in the chat, but Joshua, do you, would you like to ask uh, Dr. Kimbrough some questions? Thank you, Dr. Kimbrough, for your presentation. I, I just have a few quick questions that I think students that are interested in the program would like to hear. So from my understanding in the program, all students that enter together at the beginning of the year are put into a single cohort. And these students kind of stay together from the beginning to the end. It's not like other majors where you kind of, sometimes you have classes with people you know, sometimes you don't. Uh, why is it important that all these students stay together from the beginning of the program to its completion? Um, the cohort model is in dental hygiene programs uh, and healthcare programs very similar because we can only take 20 at a time. So when you when you start and start as a cohort because we can only take 20, we can't take uh, a different group of 20 in the next semester because mm. we have a two-year program. That those students have to stay together for two years to complete all four semesters of the course. Mm. We only give the course once a year. 
So you have to um, stay in your group and in the two-year program because we don't repeat courses. We don't have, you know, oral bio or a, a biology class that's offered in fall and spring. We only have the biology class that's offered in fall of your mm. first year. So you can't take it in the second year. You can only take it in the first year. So because we have a four semester course that runs two years, they are together for two years and complete four semesters filled with different courses in each of those semesters. Good question. Okay. So th there's a kind of like an additional pressure on the students to really be on their game because they won't get the opportunity to repeat a class if yes, that's right. Don't do well. Opportunity to repeat. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you, Dr. Kimbrough. At the clinic, you guys offer oral cancer screenings, X-rays, uh, root planing procedures, and even though it's all free for TC students, for anybody that's interested, I've been told that one of the biggest challenges for students is finding patients to come in so that they can fulfill their requirements for the program. For any students that are interested in the program, what advice would you give them for getting as many patients as possible? Um, one of the things that the students have to do um, here at our, at our program, as well as all other programs, is to continuously recruit different pools of patients. Because we've been in this location with Cap College for 27 years, we have a large pool of patients that continuously return because they really appreciate the care that they get by our students. So they come here year after year after year. However, because students have to meet specific requirements and each semester those requirements get a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more challenging in order to build the skills for a licensed healthcare practitioner, they have to continuously seek patients of different categories, different ages, different ethnic backgrounds, different cultures, things like that, in order to really expand their knowledge on what a specific patient would need. They want to have a, a very broad background of uh, healthcare conditions or health conditions that a patient might have or bring to them when they're developing a treatment plan. It is true, past college students and employees can come to our clinic for their cleanings for free. The caveat is that you're in a class with a student and you want to be, you want to be able to stay the whole time for that class for the students, which means probably about three hours. Mm -hmm. So um, you've got to be able to commit to that time. So it's a time commitment from the patient, but it really does help out our students because they do need real people to learn on. Okay. I actually, I did it myself and I was with my friend, Leo. Uh, yeah. You probably know Leo. Dr. I know Kimbrough. Leo. And the time was definitely worth it because I just felt, I felt great afterwards. I felt like my teeth were extremely clean. <laughs> and Leo is actually from San Diego. He is. And as you said, you also have students from Nevada and from other regions of California. 
Yes. Even though um, our program isn't the only one in the state, what do you think it is about the program at TC that makes it stand out among all the others? I think because um, we are very, um, we're kind of a smaller program than some schools. We're also in a, in a, in a, at a small campus. So it makes it very personal. Um, our instructors have small classes so that we, we can really give the students the individual attention and extra attention should they need it. You know, a, dental hygiene is not easy and, and we freely admit that. And so our faculty are here to really make sure that the students are successful and they spend their um, extra time helping students if they need extra help, understanding concepts and things like that. So I think um, the draw for Taft College is that it's a very friendly, um, positive learning environment for our students. And I think that word gets around. Mm. Okay. That is, um, that is, that is really cool. I actually thought I was one of the, um, the only out of state students at TC, but, um, after going there, I see students from Nevada in the dental hygiene program. There are students from Australia and all these different places. It, um, it kind of just goes to show that TC kind of stands out among the other California community yeah. colleges. Yeah. We have a question from the audience. Um, they asked, what is the general annual pay for dental hygienists? Uh, the wages for dental hygiene um, can be geographic influenced, depending on where you live in California. Um, but the average is probably going to be a range of anywhere from $40 to $55 per hour. So if you're working uh, one day in an office, you could see anywhere from Three hundred to four hundred and fifty dollars per day. Okay, that's that doesn't sound too bad at all. <laughs> it's not shabby. <laughs> so for um for the students listening that hasn't that haven't paid a visit to the dental hygiene clinic, uh, what are some consequences that can arise from not taking care of your oral hygiene? Um, the, the, of course, the, the main one would be that you could develop uh, uh, gum disease um, because of bacteria and things like that around the teeth, making the gums, gum tissue swollen, red, bleeding. You could get uh, more cavities, basically. Mm. And, um, and of course, you don't want to lose any teeth because you lose the bones supporting, uh, supporting your teeth. You need to maintain that bone level. So you don't want any loose teeth. You want to keep your teeth for all your life. So um, making sure that they're well kept by visiting your dental professional um, on a regular basis, brushing, flossing, doing all those things helps to maintain your gum tissue health as well as the health of your teeth. Okay. And on top of that, it's free, guys. So <laughs> what do you have to lose, really? There you go. It's a few hours. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Joshua. Good, good, good questioning, Vicky. Wonderful. That's just wonderful information. And again, it's a it's it's 
really a super stamp on the success of Taft College, you know. We just have a small campus. We really do sort of nurture people along, and I think that that's the, a big attraction for people to come to Taft College. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place and a great program with dental hygiene. So congratulations, Vicki, and all your success. And I know we're looking forward to having students back on campus soon. Let's keep your fingers crossed. Thank you. And Joshua, good job on questioning. What we'll do now is I think we will move right into our criminal justice of administration presentation. And I'm going to refer back to Jessica Grimes for a little introduction on Dr. Michael Giles. Thank you. I am pleased to announce our criminal justice administration, administration of justice professor, Dr. Mike Giles, who also happens to wear another hat as our social sciences division chair. Without further ado, Dr. Mike Giles. All right, everybody. So our program has three degrees, essentially, but that's changing in the future. You have a uh, administration of justice for transfer degree, which allows you to pop into the um, university system as a junior. And then we have two what we call local degrees, which is criminal justice administration and a correctional degree. Um, <clears throat> those two are not so easily transferred to a university and students are dropping away from taking those ones. Um, our program is also changing. We're gonna be adding uh, new certificates, maybe removing one of those um, degrees, namely the correctional one in the future and um, we're going to be adding different certificates that concentrate on different things such as forensics or um, probation parole and things of that nature. Um, the Taft College program like most junior college or community college programs started way back in the 60s and 70s called police science classes. Um, they are not they are there's a difference between what you think of criminal justice classes and what you see on TV. Um, they are not training. Um, training classes are what you're going to get in the police academy or something of that, where you're doing push-ups and sit-ups and you're learning how to shoot and use batons and do those kind of things. Um, you typically see um, flavorings of that in high school, uh, what they used to call uh, regional occupational programs and stuff. And you'll see, of course, in real world training if you go to the FBI Academy or the Bakersfield Police Academy or something like that. Um, the community college courses are mostly academic. They're designed to, in all honesty, give a potential criminal justice practitioner a well-rounded education in uh, liberal arts, um, business, uh, economics, you, know, you name it, as well as to prepare them for having a better grasp on criminal law than a freshly minted attorney in all uh, sense and purpose. So they're, they're very academic, some would say theory-based, but, but not really. Um, it is taking the information gained in 200 years of democracy and applying it to today um, as far as due process and civil rights and things of that nature. Um, the other thing our program does, I hope, is that we teach the difference between fiction and reality, um, especially in the introductory courses. We, we tell students that you just can't immediately become a detective or you can't go and get a two-year degree and become a forensic scientist and the things you see on TV aren't exactly real. Um, 
you know, like beating up a pig with a baseball bat and proving that a murder occurred is not exactly uh, legitimate. <laughs> um, so our courses are built on a foundation. They're, they're not quite as um, stringent as dental hygiene, but you start off with a introductory course and then the student can hopefully move into more detailed um, courses. So for example, if someone wanted to be in forensics, they may want to take the evidence class in our court procedures classes because most of the forensic um, scientist or forensic technician's job is documenting what they collected, how they collected it, why they collected it, and then reporting that out in court. Um, we also have investigation classes, um, like I said, forensics classes and things of that nature. And then it culminates with the um, criminal law class, which is designed to give a student a absolute understanding of how the legal system works, um, how the law works, the uh, history, case law, basically judges' decisions, and so on, and how that affects um, not only a police officer, but the courts, the judges, the attorneys, the, uh, the uh, suspects, the innocent, and, and on and on and on. Um, with that said, Getting a degree in criminal justice doesn't necessarily translate to a job. Um, again, this, this program is focused on the um, criminal justice system and the legal environment. Um, it's not going to talk about easily accessible jobs like working in security, for instance, um, those kind of things. It's not going to, um, you can't take the degree and move right into a job because Every agency, whether it be Bakersfield Police Department or Kern County Sheriff, the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, all of those jobs have their own special requirements. So for nearly every federal criminal justice job requires a four-year degree. Um, none of the local in this area agencies that I'm aware of require a two-year degree to get employed. However, the two-year degree gives you the same um, status as serving in the military for five years in Iraq as far as the waiting when you go through the hiring process. And that hiring process is you have to put in an application, um, you go to your interview like any standard stuff, and then you go through a background investigation. And that background investigation looks at your character and the decisions you've made, the lessons you've learned, and that's really where most of the people fail and they can't get into the criminal justice system. Um, and part of that is, is that they do silly things on social media now, um, sharing rap lyrics. So you have the, the N word or you have the B word. And now all of a sudden, regardless of color of your skin, you're got racial issues. They're not going to touch you. Um, even though marijuana is quote unquote legal, you can't be hired if you're actively utilizing uh, marijuana. Um, if you're selling it, for example, you're probably not going to get a job. Um, and then, of course, you have financial issues and relationship issues. You have the 20-year-old um, whose girlfriend's still 17. You're not going to get a job. You have uh, a person who, like I was, a, a moron on the road with five tickets. They're not going to hire you. Um, so things like that uh, will inhibit people from getting an actual job in the criminal justice system. Um, I can't think of anything else we talked about. Am I missing something, Josh or Sherry, that you guys wanted me to? I think Josh has some questions for you. He prepared a few things, I think. Yeah. 
as you said, not all criminal justice students go on to have ESI or law and order type jobs. <laughs> but what are some of the coolest careers that your students have gone on to have? Good point. I should have thought of it. Thanks, Josh. Um, getting a, a degree in criminal justice um, has several benefits. Number one, there was an article a few years ago that said uh, most everybody who gets a criminal justice degree gets a job, regardless of whether or not it's actually in law enforcement, which I found fascinating. Um, but there's a whole thing. Starting in the private sector, you have, like I mentioned, security. You have other protections professions. You have... Um, uh, uh, investigative and compliance jobs and those kind of things. Um, you also have in the, the public sector jobs from being a police officer on down the chain, what I call pseudo law enforcement. So you have um, code enforcement officers, um, animal control officers, uh, fire inspectors, um, parking um, enforcement officers. Um, and then they have other jobs like uh, the different names, they call them police service technicians and things of that nature, but they're essentially the ones who go out and take uh, crime reports and do the investigations because the, the police officers aren't doing that. Um, and then of course you have forensics, you have people that are forensic technicians, they may deal only with fingerprints, they may be walking into the, the uh, blood covered crime scene and dealing with all of that um, and on up the chain. So you have uh, um, uh, chemists, you have uh, biologists, and, and on and on, uh, dealing with various types of uh, criminology and so forth. And then, of course, you have the typical law enforcement jobs, you have correctional officers in, in jails and prisons, private prisons, um, probation, parole, monitoring, juvenile offenders. And, um, and then you have the street cops, you have the deputy sheriffs, the FBI, the U.S. Marshals, and weird things in between. You have the California, the California Hospital Police. They only work in the hospitals. You have the lottery police that all they deal with is people stealing lottery tickets. They drive SUVs and they all wear Hawaiian shirts for some weird reason. Um, and you have cops that go and police the, uh, the uh, horse race tracks. Um, you have uh, a national um, uh uh, train police. I can't think of what their particular title is. That's all they deal with. They're actually a private police departments that work for all of the uh, major train companies. So hundreds of thousands of jobs out there in law enforcement. Um, you know, I tell my students, if you want to be a, a, the person on TV and CSI, why not go for the FBI? If you love working outdoors, go and be a, a state park ranger, going out and be a, a public, uh, excuse me, a state warden and those kind of jobs. So, so whatever you want to do, you, you have the opportunity to do in the criminal justice uh, industry. It really sounds like there's an awful lot of options, Mike, <laughs> um, for, for students to really maybe go through this program. And then I think if they heard of that, and you probably share that with them, they probably think, wow, the world is really open to me. What do you think, Joshua, with all of those types of jobs Mike was talking about? It sounds like the difficult part would be choosing exactly what path you want to go to. But I think it's very cool. It seems like if you get uh, this two-year degree, and I guess depending on uh, the position, the bachelor's equivalent, you have a lot of options to go to. Absolutely. And, and Lori just mentioned it in, in the chat that it helps her in her job. And that's the other thing we didn't talk about is the the social side of that, um, 
dealing with social work and and uh, all of those side jobs that most people don't want to do. It takes a little bit of courage and, and they're all, all, all based on what you have to do legally in the constitutional bounds of, of the government. So, And Michael, is Lori one of your students? Yeah, well, no, I, I never had Dr. Giles. I graduated before him. Okay. But my son had him. Oh. Who's your son? My son is Joseph Murphy. He graduated last year. Good guy. Is he currently working, Lori, or what's he what's he, he doing? He actually he actually went for the um, the non transferable degree because he was going to go to the military and he was not going to go to school anymore. He decided against the military. I I set him up with Taft College, and he decided he wants to keep going. So he's still at Taft getting his his requirements to get the the degree to transfer to CSUB. Ah, very good. Very good. Does he have a career in mind yet? Or is he still exploring? He uh, he wants to be a campus security at the high school and coach ah. basketball. Okay. Well, we're glad that he's persevering. And thank you for being on our uh, Taft Talk today. We appreciate having a parent on. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to Joshua now. Joshua, any any final questions for uh, Mr. Dr. Giles? Yeah. So uh, when you come out of high school, deciding your major kind of feels like one of the biggest choices you've ever made. And um, you've been in education for over 10 years, Dr. Giles. What type of student is the ideal fit for criminal justice as a major? Well, you can't really get a job in the criminal justice till you're 21. So anybody who has an inkling or wishes to do it would fit the bill. Um, I, I deal with a lot of high schools, for instance, and they're like, oh, we should, you know, expedite this training. Well, an 18, 19, 20 year old, they can't get into law enforcement. So what's the point of, of expediting something that they can't do? Um, so every student is a potential. I think certainly any student that wants to be in criminal justice can benefit from it. Um, but I also, like, like Lori's not the exception. I have many, many students that are um, sons, daughters, relatives of someone who's also attended these types of classes. Um, but sometimes I have a, a father and son or a daughter and a, and a mom in the classes at the same time. <laughs> I think one of those reasons here at Taft we are teaching to help people be better in society, better citizens, if you will. Um, if you know the law and if you know what's going on, then unless some major societal change, it creates stability. So we're looking at the election, for instance, and it's 100,000% a criminal justice matter, whether or not there's um, improprieties in the vote. It's the enforcement of the laws as they're written. And, and this takes the, the enforcement agencies, the regulators, the courts, and everybody inside involved to make sure that the laws are followed. Our program helps people understand those things because they are very complex and they are um, very hard to understand. And I think that a lot of people attend these just because they want to know, how does the law work? Maybe it's dealing with a child who's you know, unfortunately got wrapped up in methamphetamine. Maybe they watch cop shows and they want to know the real deal. 
you know, it runs the gamut and i see that a lot with our students like jessica said especially online i have older students that um, just want to learn something or want to switch careers and we also um you know you didn't hear it from me but we also have current police officers deputy sheriffs correctional officers attending our programs mostly online too just so they can get promoted in their current jobs hmm. the simple answer josh is everybody's a good fit for this program wow michael good information really good information i mean who isn't interested in learning more about how the law works i mean that should be everyone everyone should want to know that joshua i want to thank michael giles because that was a wonderful presentation thank you and cool. i know that we did not get to ask dr grimes anything about sort of a cte overview question and joshua i know you had some questions for her is there one question that you might want to ask Dr. Grimes to sort of end this day together? And again, thank you, Dr. Michael Giles. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, Sherry. Yes. Can I interject one sure. One thing I forgot to do. Okay. Every year when the students graduate, we give out these honor, uh, what are they called? I don't remember the call. Sash? Honor no. cords. Oh, cord. Cord, yeah. There you go. Wow. So students with Point five, they get a double and everybody else gets a single, but that's also something that this program does to honor everybody in those particular degrees. And I, I forgot to mention that. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Another, another special, special thing that we do. Like it is a super success stamp for Taft College again. Joshua, a question for Dr. Grimes. You have one? Yeah. Uh, out of high school, I think most of us haven't developed any real skills that are needed for the workforce. <laughs> I know that I didn't. And according to the future of work, which is a study by a global organizational consulting firm, the U S can lose $1.7 trillion in revenue by 2030, just because companies can't find any enough skilled workers to employ. Do you have any thoughts as to why that is? And what role do you think programs like Taft College's CTE play in reducing this shortage of skilled labor? Excellent, excellent question. And so it's a two-part question. Um, number one, we are kind of seeing the train coming in terms of a lot of the baby boomers who are very skilled in a lot of the... Um, quote unquote, they used to be called vocational, but they're CTE now. Uh, it's always getting a rebrand. Um, and so we can't kind of keep up because um, the baby boomers are aptly named. There's a lot of people <laughs> in that generation. Um, successive generations after have not in terms of the population growth feel that. So so that's number one. And, and number two, it's, it's a branding issue. So there was a time um, you know, I, I'm happy to, to say that now CTE is kind of getting in vogue again, but there was a time where people did not understand what career technical education entailed. Um, there was this false dichotomy, if you will, that if you were in career technical education programs, it wasn't um, that you were using uh, using your, your intellect. That's actually false. Um, everyone who goes to college wants a career. So I've always said that the dichotomy is actually a false dichotomy. 
Um, so now that it's gotten a rebrand and, and part of that rebrand is because the chancellor's office has figured out that we have 1.5 million jobs that we need to fill by 2024. <laughs> and um, we have an undersupply. Um, so, so in 2016, there was legislation called Doing What Matters, a strong workforce program. It's a grant that um, incentivizes community colleges creating more CTE jobs that are in high demand um, and also have mid to high wage uh, uh, opportunities. So um, we're kind of like, you know, we're in the fourth year of this, but I do think that we will be able to start um, feeling that gap, but it definitely is a partnership. It's a partnership with the high schools. Um, it's a partnership with the um, middle schools as well as the elementary school students, because we need to um, make students aware of these opportunities very early. Um, as I said before, you know, CTE encompasses uh, accounting, business, CJA, welding, occupational safety and health, energy technology. That's a wide swath of, of different occupations. And so, um, and not only that, we're also um, getting better with our uh, labor market information so we can begin to think about what's coming down the pipeline. How do our programs better prepare our students for what's innovative? Um, how do we get students to begin to think about um, preparing for their own career that they can actually create themselves? So I think we're at the epicenter of that. Um, it's an exciting time. Um, and I think that we're still kind of developing it as we go. But um, I think we're particularly poised to, to start meeting that demand. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yeah. Joshua, wasn't that, that was wonderful feedback? Because it goes along sort of with what Jessica was talking about earlier about, listen, we've got to fill these jobs. And when she talks about baby boomers, yes, they're all retiring. They're leaving these jobs and they have wonderful skills. So we have to build, we have to build that pipeline. And Jessica... That's spot on. Joshua, excellent question. Wonderful way to sort of, we've got about a few minutes left here. And I know that Joshua, was there, was there anybody just dying to ask a question on the chat? Cause we've got a few minutes. I wanted to at least give that opportunity out there. Cause I know there were a few. And if you don't get your question asked, please, Mejia, take those because we want to get those questions to our presenters and we will get back to you with those answers. Oh, we do have a question for Dr. Kimbrough. Okay. And it is about oral hygiene. They said, I've heard that flossing is best if you don't brush. Why is that? Flossing is best if you don't brush? If you, oh, if you, you mean, uh, I think that, I think it, what they're implying is that if you had to choose one or the other, which one is better? <laughs> and they would be correct. Flossing would be better. If you had no toothbrush, but you had some floss, yeah. <laughs> you could um, you can at least move the, the plaque and bacteria in between your teeth. Mm. Because if you can eat if you can eat an apple or something like that, the crunch of the apple and having to chew something of that texture helps to clean your teeth as well. So you mm. can do other things to actually brush your teeth, but it's more difficult to clean between your teeth unless you have floss. So flossing is actually probably a little bit more important than brushing. Ah, very good. Carry your floss with you, everybody. There's a, <laughs> there's a message. Floss. We have another $50 Amazon gift card to give away. And Joshua, do you have a name for us? Yes. 
we have Lori Murphy for the Lori Murphy. <laughs> That's wonderful. Lori, congratulations. And thank you for participating in our TAF talk today. Just some some final words. I want to say thank you to Joshua. You are becoming more and more amazing. I have a feeling someday I'm going to see you on some sort of show or something because you're just, yeah. you the questions you come up with and your contributions are incredible. And I just really want you back on campus. I want to see you more. <laughs> thank you, I, yes, I want to thank Dr. Jessica Grimes. Thank you very much for helping facilitate this program today, as well as Dr. Vicki Kimbrough and Dr. Michael Giles for giving us all your expertise and sharing that with us. And although this isn't the end of this, because this has become a podcast, thank you, Michael Roberts from Small Business Celebrations is right here with me. And we are putting together the podcast, which will go live probably in a few days. I want to thank Mejia for all of her work. Um, everybody else for being on. I hope you learned something. I know I sure did. And keep in mind that Career technical education, just like Dr. Grimes said, it's really just not a job anymore. It's a career, and you can do it and, and have a life and have a great living. Um, think about that. Tell your children. Talk to people that you know. And if you do have any more questions, we'll be happy to get those to the presenters. Thanks for joining us today on our TAF Talk podcast. Appreciate all of you out there. We want you to tell your friends about joining us. So tune back in, and remember, what you listen to today will affect your future tomorrow.